everyone, and welcome to this week's uh, podcast for Crankshaft, sponsored by Ents uh, Gaming, and this week we are talking about a web series called Hi, I'm Mary Mary. Um, what I would like to say prior is if uh, you have any issues with uh, talks about suicide or self-harm, um, maybe maybe go with next week's or you could visit one of our previous uh, podcasts where we talked about Onibaba or Texas Chainsaw or even Nietzsche the Killer but but this week we're talking about Hi I'm Mary Mary and we will start into it and that's my TLDR notice that we're talking about this stuff Alright, so what I guess we should start talking about is um, maybe an overview would be easier in this case about the character and the characters that she interacts with instead of an episode-by-episode sort of uh, take. Yeah, that, that that might be the case. So we have, of course, your the the first character you meet is Mary. And um, she's, I, I guess, our main character who you learn has is stuck in this house, and has tried breaking out via the door, the windows, and can't get out. And she has tried multiple different things of getting out, but never ends up getting through. Um, we have four different sort of beings that are in the house that she interacts with at night. A uh, sort of dark silhouetted ghost. A uh, almost something that looks like her that she can see in a mirror that wears a mask. A veiled woman. And... Uh, this sort of dark, ominous void. Now, we couldn't really agree on what each of these things sort of represent, but we can try our best here. Um, When we were sort of looking at each of the characters, um, we sort of thought that... uh, uh, Let's start off with the Veiled Woman, uh, Fengar. Do you, do you want me to just go over like what I thought she represented, or yeah, just what what she represented, and then the like, like basically the times the girl wouldn't like encounter her, or Mary yeah. would encounter her. Yeah. Okay. Well, the I feel like the veiled woman. She was one of the. I think she was the most prominent entity that we kept seeing. Yeah. Um, and I I felt like she represented like depression itself, um, because she was. Like, we see her even in the first episode. She was the first thing we see besides Mary in the house. Um, Because she was, like, right there at the end of the first episode. Um, And she is, like, the, I think, the most repeating character in terms of, like, um, just how frequently she's shown. Like, and she's always, like, hunting Mary down in the darkness. And... You know, she. She's also I think one of like the only one that is shown in the start to be vocal and like communicate with her in any way, and she's always talking like negatively towards Mary and like calling her, you know, like calling to her, and so I feel like, I felt like she represented depression in in its entirety, um, because it's just like the sort of like the way she talked and like the you know, constant just crawling, like getting closer to Mary. It just it, it reminded me so much of like, you know, depression in yeah. itself. The like negative uh, self talk that you. I almost with. thought she she represented like the dark thoughts that Mary would have. Um, because that's something that like commonly, um, people with depression do have to deal with. Um, I'm not excluded from there, but. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, like the the dark thoughts that would come up and pop up every once in a while, and I think that's oh, I, what it sort of represented. Yeah, and I can agree. Like I can see that because, like, and this in that in in the same way, like I I understand that to myself as well. Um, but unlike the rest of them, she did kind of bridge multiple different things. Um, like. And I know this is going to go into like later, but she even um, kind of also starts to represent, you know, self harm as well. And mm. she's the only one who's like multi encompassing different things of depression. And that's why I thought she probably represents depression itself because the worse she got, in, the worse Mary got in her own mind, you know, the worse the veiled woman got. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, because even I was slowly pushing towards that too. It could this veiled woman could be a representation of the depression itself that the individual is through, and even later on as the series is going, it my interpretation of it is that the veiled woman is those dark thoughts that any individual can have, especially during a bad scenario. You go to do something, you fail at it, and instead of looking at it, how can I improve this? How can I work on this? It turns more into you failed because this is your fault. You let everyone down, all this stuff. As the series was progression, progressing, she got more and more volatile in what she said and interacted with our main character, too. You could, it can clearly be. For me, it could clearly be seen throughout it all as she was the biggest threat and out of all these entities was the one able to clearly speak, to clearly sit there, not only have a conversation later on, but still edging Mary on to the point of suicide, which can severely happen when... Especially if there is no support circle group foundation there to pull you back from this false sense of reality. If you're just left by yourself with these thoughts festering more and more, it becomes your worst enemy. Yeah. Um, and another thing I sort of wanted to point out, um, not about this character, but... When she tries to escape this character multiple times, as it seems to be the one that prevalently sort of attacks her or comes after her, um, there's a point in one of the episodes where she eventually tries to run away and gets into a room, which sort of tosses her into what she calls the garden. And we linked the garden to uh, drug use as being like an escape from her reality. Mm -hmm. So her, her re reality being that the house, so her mind. Um, and so to escape from that, she goes to the garden frequently and continues going to the garden. And as she continues to go to the garden more and more, it starts to decay. It doesn't feel quite right. It's not the same anymore. And I, I want to bring up a counter argument. This this is something that we could later go into sure. further on in the conversation. I believe we may have only just a little bit of an interpretation what this garden area is like, based off of information that happens later on, or if it's just sort of a break in the logic in a sense mm -hmm. because that's that is essentially what the initial impression is as she calls it the garden which is sort of like an not necessarily idyllic setting but it's you know it's outside fresh air you have a nice river going through it with a brick laid bridge going across it the aesthetic and setting of it gives it a more calming personality to it. But 
how it essentially works, especially later on, I think sort of becomes a bit more confusing given how our initial impressions and setting of it was supposed to be. Are you talking as about like, a, alongside the ending? A mixture of both. Yeah. If this is something you want to talk about now or oh, later, that's fine. Yeah. So the, the entire premise that we got from it was the whole the whole storyline is essentially going she is dealing with bullying or some sort of bullying in a sort at the beginning. It may be something along the lines of attacking, like having people attack her because of the way she looks or just generic bullying that I'm pretty sure all of us has gone through at one point or another unintentionally has done to someone else. It's, that sort of leads her down this road of depression and early signs of, there are photos of me, she's covering up her face with her thumb it's all it's all ripped off all that thing it's it leads down these roads at one point we're assuming leads to a drug addiction with either marijuana or the closest thing we could probably get is heroin given it was most likely heroin because she kept checking her arms for track marks and stuff like that Again, what what we're assuming about it either be heroin or another type of drug or a side effect is you sort of get like an itching sensation in the arms. The the clearest indicator is that of heroin. So the garden comes into play. And our assumption is this is her like escapism, a coping mechanism to get away from everything else. So to not have to deal with everything else around there. That is the initial impact. When later on, she is not only trying to fight this addiction, either going at it cold turkey or at one instance, we believe, was going through an overdose. The mechanics of the garden somewhat changes because she is slowly building back her confidence, fighting, becomes confrontational against the, the veiled woman that, it gives out all these dark thoughts to her. She becomes confrontational, gets her the back off and everything. But then for some reason just goes back to the garden. Yeah, I, I was Which I'm I, I was not um understanding of that that part of the story and why they had her return to the garden after she finally had like an internal breakthrough. Yeah, was was slowly pushing more, which is Unless that is what the metaphor is supposed to be of just sort of this world she escapes to when on a high or everything. But at least logically speaking, how it was going, she necessarily didn't have a reason to go back there unless the garden is supposed to be for something else and not really drug related. That was the that was mostly the part that was throwing me off on all of it because all right, it, it makes a good metaphor. Going, at least story-wise, going into it, this section, and then, you know, the more you're having to do to get back into this location, it sort of decays the area around it. At one point, it's wintertime. There's snow everywhere. Decaying everything. It's cold. The bridge is no longer just a bridge. It is now a dark tunnel underneath it that no longer looks safe or biting all that stuff to the point where, you know, she either runs out of the drugs, goes into a withdrawal syndrome, and she can no longer get back to the garden, getting back to that high and escapism and is now having to deal with the realities and either the withdrawal syndromes or just the reality of what's been going on. The... Yeah. yeah. I think, for me, the only way I could and this isn't like um, the other thing I could kind of think of that, like if we were to continue with the logic of saying that the the garden is supposed to represent drug um, her drug addiction, the only thing that could really make sense for me is if it's in the final or the second to final episode uh, or uh, uh, video that that 
maybe it represents drug addiction, but like her trying to get off of it and like her attempt of coming clean and how it's like hindering her trying to face her depression that like, you know, she has to get like, you know, take care of both ends, not just worrying about her own depression. But worry about um, her own health as well. Yeah. Like that's the only thing I could think of was like mm-hmm. she has to also confront her drug addiction in the forest. Hence why she has to first get out of the forest, like no longer be, be addicted to it to face her depression. And that's why she talks with the darkness while, you know, in, in the garden. As that's a way to address both her her internal strife alongside her uh uh drug addiction. Um, and but then that would necessarily be something she could like combat in a sense of slowly not being able to get to this location either as long less frequent times over and over because the minute she hits that point of you know all I gotta do is just open this door and the garden's right there and she opens it and nothing's there on several occasions that it happens she contemplates suicide by just, you know, listening to her dark thoughts now and just taking a giant kitchen knife to the almost. So, okay, that that makes a bit more sense of wanting to combat it at the source. I, I will say the one the one thing that uh, you and I both had a gripe with was honestly that uh, um, the part where she is about to uh, kill herself and... She starts getting like notifications on like Twitter, mm-hmm. and she she runs over to it and sort of turns to her her dark thoughts, and it's just like, see, I told you, they really do care about me. Now I'm not I'm not trying to say that the internet cannot comfort you in times of darkness, but I almost feel like it's almost a a false help in some cases. <laughs> Oh yeah, because she, as we see throughout the series, she makes a Twitter, even though that first initial impression is just send out a tweet and then 40 minutes later, why isn't anyone answering me? You got one follower, what do you expect? You you obviously don't know how Twitter works if you just send out a tweet and somehow you don't get a like. It's, it's setting up the internet as a means of the ability to get help to create this support network that is far-reaching, but to have it as that only crutch makes it feel more of a cop-out. Because then it's trying... Me, personally, my whole interactions with the internet and everything, it's like, yes, you do have people out there that would generally want to help you. The majority of people are there just to watch this train crash happen in slow motion. That is always going to be the case, no matter what. You will have you will have people out there generally wanting to help. But majority of the time, it's always going to be those people just trying to edge you on. And this just is where our narcissism sort of leaks out. <laughs> it, it's the internet. You create a face, fake persona. Even we have it here. These personas that we portray aren't us. This is a figment that we create, that we go for. Basically getting really meta here, but that is the (laughs) essence of the internet. You are creating a personality that you can then, it's like, this isn't me. I can now do something else. I can become this persona. Some people will take it to an extreme and others will, you know, constantly have to try rebrand over and over until they find that thing that works for them. But that is also becomes a disadvantage because then you are no longer you. Therefore, the stuff that you say, the actions that you do, are not connected to you personally. It is to this persona you created. And it happens everywhere all over the anonymity to an extent but it still wait so you're saying the hair on my ass isn't actually purple no 
That oh. is die, and I'm pretty sure it got into your bloodstream. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> Not again. Oh, man. I'm pissing grape soda. <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, as far as that came out, I, I was, like, realistically, in a lot of cases, some people need a social circle that they're actually mm-hmm. interact with, um, like, physically almost. Um, yeah. No, I'm not saying, and, and, and we're also not saying that like having a online social circle is bad. If you find people who are actually willing to stick it out and willing to speak with you and willing to be there for you as you be there for them, then I, I'm still confident you can, you know, have great relationships, great friendships uh, over the internet. I, I'm not saying that that's impossible. But I, I, I also want to say that, like, because how social media is made and structured, it's almost like this false camaraderie um, that's sort of manipulated and set up. And so you almost have to find the truth be- behind the blinds in that sense and find out who would actually be there for you and if you find those people stick with them um but yeah it was definitely something that we sort of felt that like was almost like slightly misleading to a situation but with a ray of hope that there's a possibility Mm -hmm. yeah like it would have it would have been i feel like it would have like like you guys were saying it would have been better if they had shown something to give like a representation of an actual friend group or something, or even like her family. Yeah. Like, or even like her family trying to do something to help her. Like for instance, with the phone calls, if they had had something like, you know, one of her parents or someone who's representing her parents talking to her over the phone, trying to help her. Cause yeah, she's trapped inside of her own mind. So no one can be there physically with her besides, you know, the entities that are in that world too but even if they had tried something along the line with like having you know like a loved one talking to her um calling her on the phone like that would have been i feel better than just trying to make it look like it's the internet that gives her the gleam of um, hope yeah yeah that gleam of hope and um, like like and like you're saying there's there's nothing wrong with it. like because, and this is good for me going meta, like, uh, but Roderick here has been a huge help for me with a lot of my own mental issues um, over the past year or two. Like, I've, I've, I've actually had to confide in him a lot, but I trust Roderick with a, like, I trust Roderick a lot more than I trust some people I know in person. And it took a long time for me to, you know, find someone like that like that i trust um, i'm helping <laughs> but like it, it's not just like roger's not just some random person over the internet neither is caveman here like they're not just random people i've met over the internet they're actual friends of mine who like genuinely care about me and i care about them genuinely back too and that's kind of like what they're saying as well I guess the the last thing I want to talk about about this uh, about this series, um, and it was one of the it was one of those moments and, and things that like I genuinely don't know what it was supposed to represent, and we had a few different sort of avenues, and so we don't have to actually come to a conclusion on it. I just wanted to talk about it. Was the woman in the white dress? Hmm. I don't know if she represented the voices of the internet, um, the people that spoke with her saying she's not alone. This is how you can get over this. It was her happy thoughts and her inner resolve to go over the situation. I believe she does. Or if it was a therapist. I believe she does sort of represent that internet like not not necessarily calling but just that confirmation of people out there wanting to make sure she's okay mostly because the dialogue she kept 
or at least for the figure in question, kept saying, we. There was a lot of we going on. It's like, we are here for you. All all that nomenclature. If it was a therapist, I can understand an extent, but also also going back to listen to some of her dialogue, it had it sound like there were more voices in there talking to. Well, like, so it was like a speaking, collective we. Speaking with a therapist, they, they tend to use we instead of I because mm. um it, yeah, it's it, more supportive it, it, it's more supportive and in, in terms of it's not it's not just one person that i'm supposed to rely on it's other people who are those people may not be explained to me at the immediate situation but that's not what i need to be thinking about right now it's i i have a support group because they said we can help you and so like that's the kind of thing that like a therapist would would work work with um yeah i feel like in the context for the ending of it though it may have been for the more for the internet side yeah Yeah. and i can see just in context for it well and not only that but like the first time we're introduced to uh the lady in white um she's also silent too and at that point in time you know she's not like hearing like and she's not getting like that much information from like the internet or anything like that. Um, it wasn't until like a little bit later where she started addressing people on the internet a lot more frequently. Yeah, I mean, it could be could be the voices of the internet that that reached out to her. And that's possible. Um, it, it was just it was so open on that sort of point. That it was just sort of, uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but and I and I think that the other ones we didn't necessarily. I mean, the mass lady. I think we all agreed on was like supposed to be her physical insecurities. Yeah, yeah. But the, then, like, the, she she was pretty prevalent since like episode two or three. And, yeah, I think it was two because I think that was and like we're we're pretty sure that that that's what started this all and sort of tumbled everything was just her inner securities about uh, her body. Mm-hmm. Um, and we saw it in a few times where she uh, like had put on that dress and put on the makeup, and and felt almost out like she had the the body stature of being out of place, out of body. Uh, when she was wearing it because she looked uncomfortable in the clothing. Again, a lot of that could also be the result of the bullying that has happened and take, took in place all yeah. off-camera pre- previously beforehand sort of fed these monsters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think I think that that's probably a, a big uh, influence to it. Um so yeah, that that was really just all the all the different characters in her mind, and at the very end, she she does address that it is her mind. We sort of picked up on that pretty pretty instantly, but uh, at the very end, they sort of she confirms that this this is her mind, the house is her mind, mm-hmm. and um, she basically expunges all the different inner demons that she has or calms them down, and I I think. The uh, the message that she gives at the very end of basically saying, "Hey, you're not alone. Everyone goes through this." I could, you know, that the the veiled lady could could come back tomorrow or a month from now, but at least I'm ready to face her on. And so it's saying, you know, even if you get over depression, you know, it can come back. And but as long as you know how to handle it and get help, like she she did mention you know she can she can get over it and you can get over it like i honestly really like the message at the very end obviously it is a problem and we can't just ignore it no matter how much we want to uh as a society or as like people and so uh a message i like i kind of want to give is like if you notice you know someone that is going through hard times um you know, be there for them in some form or manner. You don't have to solve their problem. Obviously, that you can't really solve it. You can't be like, "Hey, just be happy." 
that doesn't quite work that way. But, um, you know, just even just sitting there and saying nothing is is helpful. Yeah, just listening, letting the person vent out and everything. The message, honestly, was fine at the end because it was not only talking to other people that could possibly be dealing with something similar to this, but as in a way of just saying thank you to the community because this was, in all terms and purposes, an ARG that took place in real time because she does have a Twitter. She has a blog spot that the last it was updated was May 23 of 2020. So this was something that was recent, and that ending message not only was a confirmation of those going through this, that yes, we are here to help you, and as a thank you to the community that has been along with her this entire experience and trip. I do have somewhat of an issue at for this ending, not the message itself, but you had... You know, the veiled lady, she confronted her. That perfectly fine message and all that stuff. It was a confrontation of enough is enough. I I am now going to take the reins on this. And you need to just get out of my head. Mm -hmm. Dealing with the lady in the mirror, like with the mask and all that, just finally, that was more or less of just a reassurance of herself that she is okay. And those that she's no longer seeing, as far as we are aware, no longer seeing in her mirror. Dealing with this black, misty entity, which I believe we all agreed what could have been like a representation anxiety. of anxiety. Yeah. yeah. Because even with that interaction, you know, be, finally being assaulted by that. And you, I'm pretty sure, like, if you want to go with therapist, that's fine. Um, in context wise, I'm pushing more probably the like the internet coming in to finally go and just say, all right, breathe in, breathe out. We're still here for you. Nothing to worry about. Just take your time on this. You know, Confronting her anxiety on that. My only issue is when she finally wanted to deal with the like black entity monster, like humanoid monster. Oh, like the shadow boy. And, and, and that all that concluded was sit on the couch. Everything's going to be okay. Turns white. And it didn't, feel like it had the same impact as the others yeah it, it when definitely trying was a little to... weird <laughs> yeah yeah which i guess it was do it was we have we come to an agreement what that was supposed to represent i thought it was supposed to represent something like regret or something yeah that's like... what we were thinking it was like regret was the closest thing we could think of <laughs> yeah because like every time it popped up you would see like messages like i deserve this or you know some kind of um oh my god oh my (laughs) that episode where it was debuted having to stop and rewind and just keep going like pop like you know trying to find those like little messages that kept popping up in the freaking corners yeah that, Um, that was terrible but yeah so like yeah i i honestly think it was like regret and so like because it was just like hey you know, I we got this. We'll be fine. It's yeah. sort of just letting go of like any any issues that have happened in the past. So, letting go of uh, the drug addiction, letting go of everything, sort of like releases the regret. Now, yeah. I I think that's why it turned white is like because you, you know at, like at that point any regret you've had from the past is basically let go. So a new regret could show up, but that old regret that we saw will no longer be part of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the yeah, way like, it, it constantly loomed over her, it definitely felt like it was like regret in that, that sense. Mm-hmm. But it's the conclusion for it still felt a little lackluster because i mean what did you want her to like stab it and be like i no longer feel <laughs> well not necessarily but, but look at some of the, like the other three though it's like they all felt like a moment where she was finally getting over well she was finally able to confront it and move past it either by her own standing there finally going enough is enough i'm taking control to literally just and having the comfort in knowing that others were still there for her and 
I mean, it could this... have been, it could have been representation of loneliness. That's why she had it sit next to her. Yeah, and it, but like, it, it to it, me, it, it just felt short. That's yeah, that no, was my. I, 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 I get you, but like, I, I don't know. Because it legitimately was just, you know, sit here. Everything's going to be okay. Go to white, and it's like. Okay. Like, well, I don't it know what that, that's like, just I, me. I, like, it's personally, just... as a director, I don't know what I would have done there. Like, <laughs> like, hey, well, let and me brush may... your hair. Like, I don't know. Well, and it also, even like in the earlier episodes, it never really seemed like an entity that she was really afraid of. Like, I mean, that was the was first one. Of it, the... But like, it never actually harmed her. Yeah. Like it. Yeah. Yeah. Like she didn't want to be around it, but she like it was not like the others. Like she was never really brought to such the same level of fear yeah with that one as the others and she was even like that was the first one she talked to and just was like i could i could see you there you know and whenever it got closer yeah she did walk away but it wasn't like the others where she just like ran away you know hid crying like having you know freaking uh, like a panic attack it was it 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 may have been just that it wasn't for her as big of an issue as the other ones like you know like her anxiety or her personal in, like her physical insecurities or obviously like her depression but like it could have just been like one of the smaller issues that she was going through and it didn't need that big you know send off for her to be able to get over it I mean, fair enough. Like I said, that was all just for me, at least for the one of two issues out of the entire series. It's Let's not game breaking in a sense or like immersion breaking, in a sense, but it was just like, huh? But that's also coming from like years and years and years of watching mm-hmm. other movies and sources and stuff like this. Granted, because this was like, when did this series first start? 2014, I think. So nine years ago. No, six yeah, years ago. Yeah, so, well. God damn it. 2016. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, seven years ago. Yeah. yeah. What were you, were you expecting to show, like, her to just show it, her feet or something, and it just yeah. turn over? Okay, so we're going to make fun of this, this for one second. The amount of times we had to look at this woman's feet was unsettling. I, I not feel just like her, not just hers. It like was mostly hers. I, I feel majority of this project first started off and she wanted a modeling and wanted to try to do something viral to get attention for her because at least in the beginning portion, it was just her making a pose somewhere. Yeah, mm. it was just like Which, lounging on the floor very, you know, like in, in a certain specific pose. Or she'd be leaning against the wall or like sitting on a couch in a very peculiar way. And like, no one sits in a couch like that. Like, I'm, I'm going to be real with you. No one sits on the couch like that. Um, and, and so, like, I, yeah, I, I definitely feel like it, it was uh, trying to get like uh, almost like headshots for, for like a... Uh, like a modeling kind of thing. And then, uh, it, so that, that was, but yeah, the foot thing was definitely a, like a weird sort of choice. Cause like she's, this person's holding a camera. Are you just going to be showing your feet this entire time? Like every single scene mm-hmm. started out like that. Almost. It was like, look, mm-hmm. we, we don't know. She could be a Quentin Tarantino fan and all this is a giant callback to. Yeah. Yeah. It could be, it could be, um, we'll have to, we'll have to refer back to, Mr. Tarantino for his opinion. Um, 10 out of 10. (laughs) All toes are intact. (laughs) But, um, so, I I mean, let's go ahead and and, uh, wrap this up here by uh, giving our thoughts about the, uh, uh, like, giving it a rating and then give your opinion about, like, the audio. Mm -hmm. So I would give it a... uh, I'd give it a seven and a half to eight, um, just because like it, it 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 told a story. It kept the scary vibe to it the entire time. Um, it definitely I had I definitely had some issues with like lighting because a lot of the scenes they're using a flashlight for for a light 
and it was a really dull flashlight, so you couldn't really see what was happening half the time anyways. Um, the audio, I'm glad they had c subtitles available, because a lot of the audio, I would not have been able to understand what was going on otherwise. Um, the actual sounds and... Um, creaks of floorboards and stuff like that I actually thought was pretty pretty well done but yeah definitely if you do end up watching this turn on subtitles you'll thank me later All right, finger all right so story wise yeah I agree like the ending felt a little bit rushed but I thought like the, the actual story that it told though was really good and it i felt like it was such a good representation of you know a girl stuck in her own mind going through depression and like that part was played out super well um but i, I will say like i'm not gonna like i wouldn't give it a perfect 10 out of 10 i would say like i'd give it like an eight and a half or a nine um because i i feel like it is good but i that i just feel like that you know, there were definitely some moments that, you know, could have been done a little bit better. Like, um, like for instance, like Caveman said, the ending um, where she confronted the, you know, the shadow, boy, the, the shadow monster guy, the, the humanoid one, that could have been executed better. And it, it, like it had its, its, it had like little moments here and there, but it definitely as like um like the scares like you said were consistent if i wasn't watching this with you guys i would have probably been terrified the whole way and it definitely like it's it was very well executed for how deep of a topic it is so i would i'd say like a nine eight and a half nine for me okay okay man i would have to push like more along the lines of an eight out of ten or so on the basis and the foundation that it is really well done from start to finish, especially when it is clearly just a group of friends going around wanting to make something like this. It has a clear message that you are able to pick up, not maybe not necessarily from the start, but at least from start to finish, you can look over and just go, oh, that's how what this is all supposed to be, what it's supposed to be leading up to as a means of depression, contemplating suicide, escapism. Some even had some instances of like possible body dysmorphia going on too because of not only beauty standards, bullying going on at the same time. Simple like even some simple musical cues of what she is singing might be a reference to a song to a piano piece she's playing at the beginning that Roger pointed out oh, immediately yeah. being better off alone, like playing the hook for that. Doesn't really mean like much if you don't listen to it, but it's just like, oh, taking the words apart that or creating a mural to all different like historical depictions and people that are named Mary as a means of either trying to be a confidence booster, you know, these are better Marys than what I could ever be type thing. It personally, yes, it does get a little messy towards the end. Granted, that can also be viewed as dealing with depression as well, because it's never going to be clear cut. It's always going to be messy, no matter what. And it's, always going to run into that because a lot of it can also come down to you know why didn't she try to get help earlier why didn't she try to tell her parents or something about this is because a lot of psychology begins to break down when someone becomes depressed because the whole metaphor of, you know you're stuck in a hole someone's trying to reach out to help you up the obvious choice is to grab their hand and to get pulled out of your hole. That is the whole purpose of a support system. But what if that person doesn't even trust themselves? What if that person looks at that and goes, I'm not going to reach out for that hand, not because I don't want the help, 
but because I'm afraid I'm going to pull them down with me. That in of itself is essentially a process that is going on to where she does, it does present itself as that of, you know, I want to get help, but I'm too afraid I'm going to just drag them down to my level. And then it's just going to be my fault again and again and again and again until it's slowly she slowly is getting this realization it's slowly becoming one aspect a balancing out of the id the ego and the super ego because the super ego is your judgmental side and that becomes imbalanced you judge everybody including yourself so it could be like a psychological aspect of that of balancing it out the ending message is Fantastic for what it is, not only as a thank you for community for helping her out, but also letting other people know, yes, you need, even no matter how you feel on this, you really do need to just extend your hand out. You need to say thank you for that. Get the help that you need to. And know that you may have some bad actors out there but you do still have people out there that do care for you. And honestly, an ending for like that works. And, you know, to end this on a funny note, instead of a heavy note, this series probably gave us one of the best references to Harlem Shake out there. So I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty, pretty good. Which, granted, at the time, I understand it was supposed to be like a scary, serious moment. Veil, like hooded veil woman just sort of slide into frame sort of jerking and creaking around and everything but my mind immediately went to hearing that Harlem Shake song play as she's jerking around <laughs> and I, we had to stop for like five minutes just to play that scene over and over <laughs> with the song in the background <laughs> there were several yeah. moments like that for me caveman Man fucking killed me in several other this is a serious moment. Why do I hear dancing music? <laughs> so, uh, caveman, what are we what are we watching next time? Wait, it's my turn. Yeah, it's your turn. Okay. If if that's the case, then I will put up for recommendations another one of my favorites. Right. That I actually like bought too because I really appreciate it. It is called the Fourth Kind. It is a. It goes back to the mockumentary styles. One of the reasons why I, well, I don't want to spoil too much about it. It is a good mockumentary. It is set in Alaska, so that could actually be fun. And if any of you, especially like the old. What was it? Resident Evil series? Yeah. It stars Milia Jovovich. Which, if you don't know who she is, I'll just look at the picture. I guarantee you're going to recognize her. I'm. This was a movie that came out in 2009. I'm going... If you want, I can give like not really a quick summary, but... The, the main setting is just going to be not really getting too much spoilers... The character Emilia Jokovic plays essentially is a therapist to these people in this small town. And a lot of them are just, you know, unable to really sleep well, don't really get enough sleep, you know, could falling in aspects like that. And it's trying to figure out what's going on, what's bothering these people, either trying to deal with trauma or what could be interesting. There is a reason it's called the fourth kind, and we get to that review. We'll we will dive into. It. Well, as far as because it's more yes, it's going to be dealing with like an alien horror aspect to it. It goes off of a. Let me pull up the scale oh, real yeah, quick. The, the, we encounter the first kind, second kind, third kind, fourth kind. I believe there's a fifth kind. There is it. There's a lot of debate. For, like, what exactly? Holy crap. Does this say there are seven? There's some BS. 
But initially, like everyone pretty much close understands what Close Encounter of the Third Kind is. It's a Spielberg movie based off the whole concept. But Close Encounter of the First Kind, you're just seeing a sighting of it. Like you just see something in the air, whatnot, just goes by. Nothing really too big to based off of. Close Encounter of the Second Time. Ah, here it is. Yeah, first one basically just deals with sighting. Second kind is a event to where you are physically like interacted with by the object in question. I, let me double check with all this. Because a lot of the stuff I'm, I'm wanting to double check too just to make sure. Yeah. Oh, that's what it is like. Different scale. First one, just seeing the lights. Second one, you actually see the disc in itself. Yeah, physical effects are all aligned. Third, close encounter of the third kind is when you actually see the entity end up itself from a craft. Either it's landing or you're actually able through binoculars or telescopes or whatnot, you can see these entities inside. Close encounter of the fourth kind as this movie will delve into, is dealing with abductions. So we're getting then, probed next week? Basically. It's okay, it'll be fun. We're gonna get probed, it's alright. It's all a party. And then, uh, just, to, just to finish off your thing, Encounters of the Fifth Time involve direct communication between aliens and humans. Yes. So we're, we're sort of diving back into something like this. Again, this is something that I, at least for movie-wise, is something I really enjoy. Mostly, not necessarily because of the topic, because that is a separate conversation to have, but yeah, mostly yeah. how the movie is put together, the amount of effort that has gone into this movie. Because most, you know, for most mockumentaries, it's just, you know, a couple of guys with a camcorder going out into the woods one day and then all of a sudden oh, spooky thing run away and then die by spooky thing or yada 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 this as we will explain next time has an extra layer of effort put into it and I cannot wait to show you guys this movie yeah it'll be fun alright well, thank you guys for joining us yet again for uh, Crankshot Podcast. Um, hope to hear from you guys in the future, and thank you for sitting along with us for this ride. And thank you again, and take care. <laughs>